Praise God. Amen. 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 Well, we're glad to be back uh, with you, Tony and I and our family. We left last Monday morning, headed to the beach, and we've had a great week. We flew back yesterday, and we've had a great, great time down there uh, with the family, the grandkids, and newest little, uh, our newest little grandchild, Kendrick. He's, he'll be one next week, and uh, so he got to put his little toes in the sand for the first time. And uh, we got to have fun just splashing sand and water on his little legs and that. And uh, we just had a, a great, uh, great time when family gets together. It's just always fun and laughs and whatever anybody wants to do. And, and the kids suggested that we go to the racetrack, go to the racetrack. And, you know, we're a competitive family anyway. And um, I thought, Tony, you know, she's so sweet. She's such a Tony is such a, she's the sweetest woman I know, man. That girl, give Tony a big hand. God has made me so happy. Woo, I'm a blessed man. <laughs> I could cut a step right here. I'm so thankful to the Lord for all that he's done. And that girl in my life, she's so sweet. I thought Tony would want to hold the baby, you know. I thought Tony probably hold the baby and the rest of us going to race, you know, because the kids start talking smack. And I said, okay, well, talk your smack. We're going to the track, you know. We headed out to the track. Tony said, I want to race too. So, man, Tony got in the race, and we had a good time. Those kids did me wrong, though. In that first race, oh, man, they did me wrong. John Paul hit me so hard, he spun my cart. He hit my cart full force. He spun my cart completely around the opposite direction. I was facing 180 degrees in the wrong direction. He went by and just said bye, like, like a little salute. I'm trying to tell that man to disqualify him. I'm telling the man, disqualify him. His cart should be disqualified. That shouldn't be allowed on the track. But then we, we went to another, uh, they had several, four or five tracks at this place we went to, and we went to the next track, and so, oh man, I put it on them children, though. I put it on them, though. I, I slingshot at one, knocked them into the curb, knocked the other one out the way, went around Tony like this, bye-bye, baby, and then I, I put it on them. We had a good time, you know. Sometime Thursday morning, I got up really early, I don't know, uh, between 3.30 and 4, and, you know, I knew I was speaking tonight, and so I'd already been preparing uh, before I left uh, for the beach for tonight, getting ready, and, and I had a sermon that I had uh, pretty much written and prepared before I ever got down there to the beach that I was intending to speak tonight, and, uh, but then somehow another Thursday morning, I had a big check in my spirit about using that message for this time. How I many know God's always got a plan? God is not a random God. He's not randomly blessing you. He's blessing you on purpose. He's causing his blessing and his goodness to run into you on purpose. Amen. (laughs) It's not just luck or happenstance that good things are happening to you. That's the blessing in the hand of the Lord on your life. And so the Bible said, goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me all the days of my life. Amen. And so the Lord just showed me that that message was for a different time, not that the message I'd prepared was for a different time. But this message tonight he laid upon our heart, and uh, we're not afraid to unhook here wherever we have to unhook and, and come back and finish this because uh, we, we, we think this is going to be a two-part. Uh, two, I, I don't think I'll, I, I'm not afraid to stop wherever we end as, as, as he leads us tonight, and we'll pick up from there. So we're in Acts chapter 13. We're starting in Acts chapter 13. I'll give you my title right away. It is time to minister to the Lord. I wonder if you'd help me with that title. Say this. It's time for me to minister to the Lord. Yeah. Say it one more time. It's time 
for me to minister to the Lord. Yeah. We're in Acts chapter 13. Now, uh, for our crew, uh, I am reading from New American Standard tonight, and I know I'm going to throw them off up there. Normally, I'm reading from New Living Translation, but this entire message is in New American Standard. So if you'll forgive me, I'm going to need Acts 13, uh, 1 uh, through uh, 4. Uh, the New American Standard. Thank you so much. I want you to give all of these outstanding video personnel, sound people, a big hand. They do a phenomenal job. We could do nothing if it wasn't for them. They're just amazing, amazing people with a heart for God and anointed people, and we thank God for each and every one of them. We're in uh, Acts chapter 13, and uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Now, there were at Antioch, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. Everybody say ministering to the Lord and fasting. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Verse 2 again, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Notice here, they were ministering to the Lord. They were ministering to the Lord and fasting. And um, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, in that environment, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. The Holy Spirit said something. The, the Holy Ghost, there were five men. The Bible says they were all either prophets and teachers or prophets or teachers. That could be interpreted both ways. Uh, but these five men, they were, they were ministering to the Lord. And while they were ministering to the Lord, the Holy Ghost spoke to them. The Holy Ghost didn't speak, and then they ministered to the Lord. They were ministering to the Lord. Are you with me? And then the Holy Ghost spoke. Said, I wish I had an amen. They they were ministering to the Lord first, and then the Holy Spirit spoke. And, And he commanded, as you know, he said, separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them to do. And then in chapter 13, we see they head out to do that work. And we also see that work in, in chapter 14. And, um, but I'm sure they were glad to know they had been sent by the Holy Spirit because there was trouble ahead. There, there were problems awaiting them. It wasn't all goose pimples and, and, and that. They, they, they also faced some adversity out there. But they knew that they knew that the Holy Ghost had called them to do what they were doing. And when you know that God has shown up, spoken to you about doing something, you can stand firm. Right in the midst of adversity, you can stand firm. How many of you have come here to Ramah from another place and somewhere along the line you ran into some trouble after you left home coming here to Oklahoma? But when you know that God has called you to do what it is you're doing, you can stand firm right there in the midst of the adversity and say, God, I'm not going anywhere. You told me to come. Yeah. And so the Holy Ghost spoke as they were ministering to the Lord, ministering to the Lord. 
ministering to the Lord. They were ministering to the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. You know, there, throughout Scripture, when you follow great men and women of God, there seems to be a common thread in the lives of great men and women of God in the Bible, but also just uh, throughout Christendom, there seems to be a common theme, a common thread. There is this element, there, there is this added side of them knowing how to minister unto the Lord. Now, can I say this? Ministering to the Lord has nothing to do with you being in the choir. I'm getting no amen on that. Ministering to the Lord has nothing to do with you being able to play a musical instrument. I'm getting no amen on that. Ministering to the Lord has nothing to do with you being able to sing as a perfect soprano or an alto or a baritone or a bass or between the cracks. Ministering to the Lord is not about how well you sing from the natural. Because God has given us all an instrument. And that instrument to minister to him with is our voice. And can I tell you this? God loves the sound of your voice. I said the Lord, he loves the sound. Just the sound of your voice. God loves the sound of your voice. When he hears your voice form words to him. When he hears your voice lift unto him, God loves that sound. Your sound, the sound of your voice carries a distinct note, a distinct tone. There's a sound to your voice. Certain sounds, you know, you know, if, uh, if you know, if, if our assistant at, at, uh, at, at here at Rama, we've worked together so long, more than two decades, when when our assistant calls me, she doesn't say, this is so-and-so. She just starts talking. I know the sound of her voice. When my dad, we used to talk every Sunday before he went to heaven. We'd talk every Sunday. He'd call and just start talking. I knew the sound. I still recognize the sound of his voice. When I hear a sweet little voice on the other end of my phone and she's saying, boo, I love you. Have a go-. I know the sound of that girl voice. God loves the sound of your voice. And in all of our lives, there ought to be this element of ministering to the Lord. Somebody said, I'm going to leave that for the musicians. No, no, that's, that's great when musicians do that. In fact, musicians can be instrumental in helping you. You know, over in Second uh, Chronicles 3.15, Second Chron- look over there, Second Chronicles 3.15, a musician was instrumental in helping uh, the, the prophet minister to the Lord. He, he went to minister to the Lord. Second Chronicles 3.15 says he also made uh, two pillars for the house. That is not the scripture. Uh, Second Chronicles 3, I'm sorry, Chronicles, forgive me, Kings, I'm sorry. <laughs> Second Kings 3.15, forgive me, guys. <laughs> 2 Kings 3.15. Let's see if that one will do it. There we go. Uh, Elisha, the the king of Israel, says to Elisha, I I need to hear from God. The Moabites are coming against us, and I need to know what to do. And the king, Jehoshaphat, he comes to Elisha, and he says, I need you to get a word from God. I need to hear from God. 
And the first thing Elisha says is he says, go and get me a minstrel or a musician. He knew exactly what he was doing. He, what, what Elisha was saying in effect is, I need to take some time to enter in. I need to take some time to minister to the Lord. The, you you want to hear from God, but, but to hear from God, you've got to enter into his presence. And when there is this element, and you see great men and women of God, there is this aspect of their lives when you look closely enough. They knew how to minister to the Lord. And Elisha here says, go get me a musician. Get me a minstrel. That's what the word minstrel means. Get me a musician. And let that person begin to minister to the Lord. Oh, and then the musician began to minister to the Lord. And what happened? The Holy Ghost spoke to Elisha, told him exactly what to do. Yeah. When you minister to the Lord, you set a certain atmosphere. I hope you'll hear me. But ministering to the Lord sets an atmosphere. And the wonderful thing about ministering to the Lord is if the atmosphere ain't right where you are, you can change that atmosphere when you start ministering to him. And one great way to begin to minister to him is just to worship that name, Jesus. Because when we begin to lift that name on our lips and from our heart, there's something about that name. Uh, There is no higher name than that name. And the scripture tells us in Philippians, for this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee would bow of those in heaven and those in the earth and those under the earth and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ, that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That name, his name carries authority in three different realms. Those in heaven, those in the earth, and those under the earth. Demons fear and tremble at the sound of that name. The sound of that name coming through your voice. Woo, that's a powerful thing. When the sound of his name comes and reverberates through your voice, it's all right for the sound of his name to reverberate through the preacher's voice. That's all right. But there's nothing like it when the sound of Jesus' name begins to reverberate coming through your own vocal cords. And you begin to lift his name. And you begin to bless his name. And you begin to reverence his name. And you begin to extol his name. And you begin to magnify that name. And you begin to uplift that name. Oh, something changes in the atmosphere. When you begin to lift up his name, ministering to him, the atmosphere will change. You can be in an atmosphere of fear. And fear, we know, will hinder our faith from working. Said, I wish I had a bigger amen there. We can't let the atmosphere, if fear is around you, if fear is in your atmosphere, you can't afford to let that atmosphere stay around you. That atmosphere will keep faith and things of God from working on your behalf. That's why the enemy tries to get so many people steeped in fear. Sometimes around people, there's an atmosphere of depression. People feel so lonely and blue and they slip down into a depression and it creates a certain atmosphere. And there are certain atmospheres that you can tangibly feel. There are certain atmospheres that you can, you can cut with a knife. 
And some people are under an atmosphere that's filled with worry and filled with pressure. And just several weeks back here, the eyes of the nation were glued upon the, that, the, the submersible Titan, uh, submersible that had gone down to view the wreck of the Titanic. They were under such, uh, the atmosphere around them created such pressure. And that pressure caused an implosion. Those people lost their lives, and I pray they were saved. They went out into eternity. And pressure can fill your atmosphere to where you can't think straight. You're trying to believe God, but your, your faith won't work right in an atmosphere of pressurized worry, fear. Anger is the wrong atmosphere. Flying back yesterday, we got on the plane. What'd they do? They pressurized that plane. Felt sorry for all the little babies who were crying because as the atmospheric pressure changes, it affects people's ears. You can feel your ear popping. Yeah. Atmosphere. Ministering to the Lord will change the atmosphere around you. When you begin to minister to the Lord, pressure will have to go. When you begin to minister to the Lord, worry will have to go. When you start ministering to the Lord, fear will have to go. When you begin to minister to the Lord, strife will have to go. Because when you minister to him, then it will change the very atmosphere around you. And the atmosphere, if you minister to him long enough, will charge with faith. And the atmosphere will fill with peace. And the atmosphere, right wherever you are, you can be in your cubicle at work, and God can change the atmosphere right around you. And you can be huddled up in your car, but God, he can change the atmosphere. And you can be trying at work, trying to resolve a problem or a crisis, but when you minister to God, he can change the atmosphere right around you. And when we begin to minister to him, Tony and I, we had some wonderful time this week at the beach. We always, wherever we go, we, I have a little travel guitar. It's in a case. It looks like it's a shot, sawed-off shotgun. It's only about this big. People look at it. Look at that man. He's like carrying a shotgun. He had my shotgun right here. <laughs> I got a shotgun, but it's the word. <laughs> But uh, actually, we were coming out, uh, we come back from California a few weeks ago, and this lady walked up to me and said, sir, I love your guitar. How do you like it? And I said, you are the first person who's ever identified this as a guitar. And she said, I knew it was a guitar because I got one myself. <laughs> but we took some time at the beach. You know, the beach is a wonderful atmosphere. Uh, you know, I grew up at the beach. I'm a uh, Jersey boy. You know, raised at the shore, isn't it? Raised at the shore. And, uh, you know, and that, when you're at the beach, it's just so, I don't know, there's something about the, uh, everybody's a little different. But for me, there's something about those waves. The sound of the waves crashing. And I'll tell you another like, when the, when the sand is under your feet and the waves come in and then that sand recedes under your feet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Woo! I can just stand there all day. I can just stand there like that all day. It's just a peaceful atmosphere. We went on a walk 
one morning, Tony wanted to see the sunrise. She kept trying to get me up to go see the sunrise. A girl tried to wake me up, said, baby, let's go see the sunrise. I said, girl, I can see the sunrise from, this, from the balcony. Look outside the balcony of the room. I can see the sunrise. It's six o'clock, girl. <laughs> but I knew she wanted to go. And uh, So one morning, I got up especially. She was knocked out that morning. That morning, she happened to be knocked out. I said, girl, get up. We're going to see the sunrise. <laughs> We had a great time out there walking. It was so peaceful, the atmosphere. We walked for a while, and we bumped into John Paul. He was coming back from his little prayer walk. We bumped into him coming the opposite direction. We said, I said, they let anybody on this beach. <laughs> it was a great atmosphere. But during one of those times, we took out the guitar, and uh, just she and I on the balcony. And we have headsets that plug into the guitar. Nobody can really hear the guitar but she and I, and then we just sing and minister to the Lord. Ooh, let me tell you something. That beach, that sunrise, sunset, don't have nothing on the presence of the Lord. The presence of God, the presence of God will set an atmosphere around you that the beach can't give you. You can find a nice, beautiful sunset, but the presence of God will put an atmosphere around you. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And the beach and the sand ain't got nothing on the presence of the Lord. And sitting there ministering to the Lord, the peace of God come upon us. And just an amazing, I've shared this story with you before. We were in St. Thomas a year ago. We, we had a chance. We found a really great deal. We wouldn't normally be able to go to no Ritz-Carlton, but we found a really great deal at the Ritz-Carlton St. Thomas. Anybody know the Ritz-Carlton? At a fancy schmancy hotel, resort. They'd be offended if you called it a hotel. <laughs> we got to the Ritz-Carlton. I took Tony out to dinner. We came back to our room. No sooner, I don't think we've been in the room 10 minutes. Somebody knocked on the door. I said, who is it? They said, uh, it's the property. We've come to check on you. I said, I'm doing fine. Thank you. They said, we'd just like to... Uh, check you, check, check the room. We'd just like for you to open the door so we can check the room. I said, ah, the room is fine. I don't need to open the door. You know what I'm thinking with my Jersey boy mentality? Somebody trying to jack me. I ain't opened the door for nobody at 10 o'clock. How you going to come back to the room at 10 o'clock and then five minutes later, somebody knocking on your door. They've been following you. My Jersey mentality, you know. They said, well, if you just open the door, there's a few things we'd like to check. I said, I ain't opening this door. I got everything I need. They said, sir, can we give you some water? I said, I got water in here. I ain't opening the door. <laughs> the next day I found out that's their turndown service. They, they come in, they turn down your bed, they give you water, they make sure everything's clean. They see if you want coffee or tea. They just walk around the room, make sure everything's perfect for you. And, and when you come back, they're looking for you so they can come back and do all that for you. But Jersey boy ain't been, you know, Jersey boy ain't used to all that, you know. <laughs> I said, I may get jacked. I ain't getting jacked here. I ain't getting jacked tonight. <laughs> it was a service we weren't used to. <laughs> but out there on the balcony at the Ritz-Carlton, I took out that guitar and we put those headphones on so we could be real quiet and we began to softly worship the Lord one morning, ministering to him. Song after song, singing to the Lord, ministering to him. I've told you this story. 
And before too long, a lady came around the balcony. The balcony is separated by a cement wall. The next suite has a big, huge cement wall. I don't know. It's got to be 15 feet high. And she, you know, you've got to lean out over your balcony to look around our balcony. And she's leaning out over it, looking around at our balcony. And I thought we were playing too loud. And I threw back my uh, earphones and said, oh, ma'am, are we playing too loud? She said, oh, no, 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 no. She said, I had to come and see with my own eyes who's making that sound. She said, we were here in our suite. And suddenly the peace of God came on us. And she said, I could hear very faint singing, just a very faint singing. And she said, what's that beautiful sound? And, you know, now Tony sings and Tony plays and I'll give her all the credit over there. You know me, I'm just old, you know, anyway, you know. But she said, that sound. And she said, but the presence of God came on us. She said, we were sitting here a little bummed out. It's time to go. It's our last day and we've got to leave. And they were headed back to a foreign country. And she said, and the presence and peace of God swept in the room. And then we heard the sound of singing. It was very faint. And she said, I just, I, I, I followed it to the, to the balcony door and opened the balcony door. It was so faint. And I followed it and I could, I could hear it. She said, I just followed that sound till I could tell it's coming from the other side. It's coming from the other balcony. And she said, I'm sorry. I had to peek around and see who was making that sound because you caused the peace of God to sweep into our suite. And that's what we said. Well, glory to God. Glory to God ministering to the Lord. See, ministering to the Lord there in St. Thomas at the Ritz-Carlton, it changed the atmosphere around Tony and I, but we had to, it changed the atmosphere over in the next week. The presence of the Lord. I said this to you, and I'll close with this story. I have uh, so many things to share with you. I told you I'm not afraid to unhook and just hook back up. I have so many things to share with you along this lines. My assistant from FedEx, my former career in FedEx, she's still a very good friend. We're still very good friends, she and her family. Very good friends with our family. And I think I'd been over here, uh, I don't know, six months back in 2002. I started here January 2002, some 21 years ago. And uh, she, uh, I, I had been over here about six months. She called and, and she always called me boss. She said, hey boss, how you doing? How's things going in ministry? I said, great, things are going great. How are you doing? She said, well, I left FedEx. I said, girl, what do you mean you left FedEx? She said, well, she said, you know one thing? She said, it's such a strifeful, stressful atmosphere. And she said, one thing I hadn't calculated was that you kept, I didn't know it. She said, but you kept a lot of that stress and strife off of me. And I said, well, how did I do that? I don't, and she said, you always bought your guitar to work. Your office was adjacent to mine. She said, before busy meetings, stressful meetings, I could hear you in there with your guitar playing to the Lord. And she said, what you didn't know is that the peace of God, I know it was in your office. I could feel the peace of God when I came in your office, but that same peace would sweep into my office. And she said, when you left, strife was in my office. And she said, I just decided I'd rather have a different career, rather go a different route than have to be under that atmosphere of strife. Ministering to the Lord will change the atmosphere around you. God's waiting for you. It's time.
to minister to the Lord. When we come back again, we'll talk about Samuel. He knew how to minister to the Lord. We'll talk about Paul. He knew how to minister to the Lord. And we'll share some benefits, some outstanding benefits that will come to you from ministering to the Lord. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and grace in our life. And thank you, Father, for this important topic, Acts chapter 13. Those five believers, they were ministering to the Lord and fasting when the Holy Spirit said. And through ministering to the Lord, they created an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to speak. And Father, my brothers and sisters, Tony and I, we all have decisions to make for the coming year. And people need to hear from you. People are asking for direction. People are asking for your guidance. And yet right here in the Word, we see a process ministering to him, creating an atmosphere, putting ourselves positionally in a position to hear you Oh, yeah. So, may we all not be too busy. In the midst of our busy lives, may we slow down just enough to minister unto you, to put ourselves in a position to hear from you. And then we'll know exactly what to do, exactly what decision to make, exactly where to go, exactly how to do that. David did it. Paul did it. Samuel did it. Thank you. Speak into hearts. Speak into lives. Ministering to the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here tonight and you need prayer for something, we want you to come forward. Our prayer partners are here and they are ready to pray for you. And um, this is an aspect of church ministry that is... At, at a glance, underrated. These people are anointed. I want you to give them a hand. We're not lifting them up. We're thankful to them for their service. But we're lifting up. We, we, now, now, now lift your hands to God. Let's thank God. God, thank you for your spirit that's within these people. Thank you for using them in such a mighty way as they yield their hearts to you. And so what I'm saying is if you have a need for prayer, maybe you want to be born again. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. What do you need tonight? Want somebody to agree with you? You got to make some decisions and you want somebody to pray with you. Ladies, just come to the ladies. Guys, just go to the guys. But these people are anointed. They're ready to pray. They're ready to lead you in prayer. And if you'll come forward as we close, instead of going out the door, come forward. They're not going to spend all night counseling you, anything like that. They're going to listen to your prayer requests and they're going to pray and agree with you. Whatever it is you want prayer for, you come forward now. They'll pray with you and you won't leave here like you came. In Jesus' name. Take some time this week. I challenge you in your own life, whether you have to put on the radio with worship music or whether you put on a, 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 some digital music or a CD or maybe you're back in your eight-track tape days, go put on an eight-track or a cassette, whatever you got that will change the atmosphere around you and lift your voice to God. It's the most important instrument that we have is your voice and minister to him and watch him change the atmosphere. We'll talk about the rest another time. Father, thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you want prayer? Come forward. If not, then remember to keep the Hagans in prayer. Remember all the great things going on. We love you one and all. God bless you tonight. Amen.